right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. I am super excited to introduce you to Emily D. Young. Now, she's been on the show before, but she is our guest today, and she has been a counselor for 28 years. 18 of those years, she's been with Winning at Home, and she enjoys working with kids, with teens and adults, and she especially loves cross-cultural work. So she's done a lot of work with uh, counseling missionaries and their families, as well as partnering partnering with worldwide organizations to promote faith-based mental health and she is just a well of wisdom so good morning oh, thank Emily. you Shauna yeah it's thank you for being here and mm-hmm. taking the time to spend some time with us and we're stepping into a brand new year and that means changes yes for all of us and changes can be scary mm-hmm. and they can be intimidating and I know that uh, my daughter one of my girls when Ever there was a time to go back to school, I'm talking, it could be a long weekend and then we had to go back to school or there's Christmas break and then we had to go back to school. Like that in particular was a change that every single time she had to step back in, she dealt with some anxiety. And I know you are just a wealth of information and tools. So um love to hear from you this morning, ways in which we can embrace the new in a healthy way. Oh, I love that concept of embracing the new. And as I think about just a few days ago, we flipped the calendars into this new year. And so that was just a small change that we all participated in. And then there are those other changes that kids are experiencing as they anticipate going back to school. And that's maybe a medium sized change. And then there are those other big life changes. I've been working with a couple of different families that are in the ready for major transitions, one who is getting ready to move overseas to do some mission work, and another who has spent the last 15 years in mission work overseas and that planning to repatriate back to the United States. So families face big changes. They face little changes. And I guess one thing that's been on my heart and mind this morning as we've been talking has been, what is the Lord calling you into change for the new Mm -hmm. year? Some of us are very receptive to change and we're constantly shifting the furniture in our living rooms. <laughs> while others of us are very resistant. I'm more resistant. My furniture has been the same for the last 10 years. <laughs> we literally, that's so funny that you just said that because we literally just bought new furniture and it's coming tomorrow. And so we got rid of the old stuff and uh-huh. that room is sitting empty and it's just, it's a weird space for me. Yes. And our personality styles lend us more towards some are very receptive to change, right? Yeah. And others are just uh, a little bit more resistant. So it's helpful to even just to acknowledge that. Where yeah. are you on that continuum of of being receptive or not? Yeah, and not being right or wrong, but just like, hey, this is this is how God made me. Exactly. And as we think about that too, then how receptive are we to what God is trying to nudge us to change yeah. in the coming year? Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. question to keep in front of us. The changes that we have to make that we're, you know, some we're just forced into Yes. And some are changes that we choose. I mean, we were talking on the break about how I just experienced the one year anniversary of my dad's mm-hmm. going to heaven. There are some changes that are forced upon us that yes. are not of our own choosing. But, you know, I think wherever you are on that spectrum, there you're, we're going to encounter things in life that are going to be different and that are going to challenge us. So what is what is one thing that we can do as we step into the brand new to help us to kind of embrace the new in a healthy way? 
Right. And one thing that I think is incredibly helpful is just to pause and acknowledge that the change is happening. Mm. And especially in the midst of a big change, it helps to think about what are some of the details that go along with that change. For instance, the family that I know that's moving overseas, we we stopped and we made a list of some of the things that will be the same for them and some of the things that will be different. And some things like um, the family will still be living together Mm. will be the same, but the school will look very different Mm -hmm. from where they've been experiencing school in the past 10 years. So um, making a list and defining some of those things helps to maybe see in front of you some of the some of the changes that will be occurring. Yeah. And also that not everything is going to change. You know what I mean? Like that. that Right. Because when you said they made a list of what would be the same and what would be different, I was thinking the list of the same would be very, very short (laughs) if you're moving overseas. Uh But the reality that, you know what, we're still going to be together in this is an extremely comforting sameness. Right. Well, in one of the things that the six-year-old mentioned was we will still have our dog. And she was so excited to be able to take their dog overseas with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good. And I think, too, one of the things that is scary about a change is the um, unknown. So this, the foggy, murky stuff. So by making clear, defined lists of like, these things are going to stay the same for me. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that I'll need to embrace that are going to be different is... An informed, you know, you can have an informed freak out if you want to, if you will, (laughs) rather than just like, I don't know how this is going to affect me. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. In our conversation earlier, Emily was talking about one thing that we can do is to identify in the midst of change what's going to be different and what is going to stay the same. Just like make a list, right? Like just the facts. This will be the same. This will be different. Yes. And once you've made that list, it's helpful then to look at some of those things and choose something that's positive. You, I love the terminology that you used earlier about embracing the change mm-hmm. and, and instead of shying away from it, just walking into it and saying, okay, there is something positive that might be coming out of this change. And I was thinking about a time when um, we became empty nesters. My husband and I launched our youngest child and I was honestly, I was dreading it, Shauna. I was thinking this is going to be, I love being a mom. I love yes. chasing kids and we're yep. stepping into this new territory. And then um, once we arrived there and we started doing life as a couple, again. Wow, it was it was amazing. And I there were so many positive things that came out of that in terms of the time that we could spend together and the new adventures that we could have. And I had thought, man, if I had just considered that to be something positive yeah. instead of dreading it, um, I think I would have embraced that change more quickly. Yeah, that's really, really good. So I think we have, I think maybe it's our natural tendency to lean towards the stuff that's going to be hard and the stuff that's going to be negative instead of finding what's going to be good in the midst of this change. Exactly. Yeah. That can be helpful to focus on what's positive instead of what's negative. Got to tell you just a little fun fact. Last summer, I was in Budapest visiting my daughter and we had had Emily on the show Early in the summer was it, Emily? I think I think it was in June. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we we so Emily had met for the and I had met for the first time in June. But I'm in Budapest and I'm walking down the sidewalk. I'm down the sidewalk and mm-hmm. see a folk actually. Yes, yeah, just outside of Budapest, and there's Emily coming my direction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were attending the same conference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was so fun to see each other there. But we have Emily in studio today to talk about 
changes. We're stepping into a brand new year. We're all going to deal with changes. And some of the wisdom that she's already shared with us is to just simply make a list of what will stay the same and what will change. So that would be like step one. And then also, once you've made that list, to look at what's positive about the things that are going to change. You know, what are the things that we can celebrate in that? But let's dive into the conversation about identifying our feelings when it comes to changes. Yes, because even though we've identified something positive, it's also helpful to acknowledge that the feelings that follow that are not all comfortable feelings Mm. because there's some significant losses that come along with change. And loss triggers a multitude of feelings, especially depending on the story that you've already lived in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, there have been more than once Perry has said, do I need to bring in a feelings chart for you? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, that would be very helpful because some people are really, really good at identifying what they're feeling and and some struggle with it. And I got to tell you, I'm more on that end of things. Like I'd rather be in denial about my feelings and just do my job mm-hmm. than to identify and feel my feelings. So can you dive into that a little bit deeper? You bet. One thing that's been helpful as I've worked with kids is recognizing that feelings often fall into four different categories or what I would call four different feeling families. And an easy way to remember them is that three of them rhyme. So the sad family, the mad family, the glad family, and then the fourth feeling family is scared or fearful or worried. And so when I'm thinking about a feeling that I might have that might be difficult to identify, I try to boil it down to one of those feeling categories. Mm -hmm. Am I feeling some sort of mad, sad, glad, or scared Mm. at the moment? And And I was just going to say, how can identifying that help me? Let's say I am mad. Sure. Yes. (laughs) What now? (laughs) Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was just talking with a young boy yesterday who is feeling really mad about the change that's happening with his family moving to a a different location. Mm -hmm. And and when we talked about that, um, it is helpful to know that that's one of the primary feelings he has because the way you take care of your feelings might be different depending on the type of feeling that you're experiencing. Okay, tell me more about that. So if you're feeling angry, um, anger is a lot like energy inside of your body. So angry feelings often are um, best managed by doing something active. So doing something physical, maybe you need to do 50 jumping jacks or you need to run outside. Um, For me, when I'm feeling upset or angry, the best thing I can do is get on my treadmill and start Mm -hmm. logging some miles because that just really helps me not only process the emotion, but start thinking about how to sell it. That's good. That makes me think this is why I scrub toilet. (laughs) When I'm angry, I will grab a a brush and I will go after it like nobody's business. It's never been cleaner. Something. Yeah. Some of the the best cleaning happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) When we're managing big feelings. Yeah. Oh, Uh mom's cleaning. Stay out of the way. (laughs) Right. That's Mm -hmm. good. So identifying your feelings and then knowing how to manage those feelings is part of Embracing the change in a healthy Exactly. Way. And again, it's helpful to acknowledge that change means often some losses, which might be really sad. So taking time to acknowledge the sad feelings is important too. And, and sometimes it helps even just to write a letter when mm-hmm. you're sad, to write a letter to um, some of the things that you're losing, whether yeah. it's a best friend or even um, a special place that Mm. will be different. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think one of the reasons I have struggled with identifying my feelings 
is I didn't realize that feelings are a gift from God mm. and that God actually has feelings. Yes. Like he has emotions and I'm created in his image. That for me was very permission giving and releasing to to be able to experience my emotions, identify them and talk to God about them. Yes, that's such a great point. And someday, Shauna, I'd love to write a book about that because when I look through the Bible, Jesus experienced all of the same feelings that we experience in humanity. Yeah, the sad, the glad, the mad, and the fearful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it does give us permission. Yeah. You are not alone in what you're going through. God is with you. He gets you. He's not not upset that you have feelings. (laughs) He understands it and he wants to help you through it. I gotta tell you, Emily, I was listening to this podcast. It was uh, Ian Morgan Crony's, the author of The Road Back to You. Oh, Enneagram yes, I love that. Things. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he was talking with his counselor and, and a decision had to be made. And the counselor's response was, um, Ian, what are you what are you eating these days? How's your diet? Um, tell me about your sleep hygiene. Are, are, do you feel like you're sleeping well? You know, have you been exercising? And he was like, this has nothing to do with anything <laughs> that I'm going through right now. But uh-huh. the point was sometimes we miss kind of the very like basic essential self-care things when it comes to big transitions and big change. Right. That's such a good point. And when you're going through a big change, you're living in a bit of a whirlwind. So you lose track of some of those basic needs. And I love the counselor's questions because I can imagine myself asking the same things because that basic self-care is so important. And in order to manage a change well, it's helpful to have consistent sleep, even though it can be difficult to sleep well Hmm. during that change, um, doing the best you can is important so that you are trying to go to bed at the right time consistently. Mm. And even if you lay there for a little while, thinking of your lists of things to do, you're still laying down. Right. Mm -hmm. That's good. Can you talk a little bit more about like sleep hygiene? Because if sleep is such an important part of handling change well Mm -hmm. and embracing change in a healthy way, then what are the things that we can do to get better sleep? Right. And there's a sleep expert by the name of Jody Mindell, who I love to follow. And she recommends that you create a sleep space that is promoting good sleep. So things like making sure the room is cool, the room is dark, and there's not any noise. And and of course, you can modify it depending on your personal preferences. I know some kids best fall asleep to some soft music. Um, Jody would tell you that it's best to listen to music without words in okay. order to sleep best. Just so your brain doesn't think about the lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because don't we all just listen along and sing those songs? And when we're doing that, our brain is remaining active rather mm. than trying to slow down yeah. and rest. I totally mm. feel like sleep is underrated. And Perry very much has brought this to the forefront of my mind. Because when I started working here, you know, I get up at right now, my alarm goes off at 3.50 in the morning. And wow. so... I can't go to bed at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and be my best me right. getting up at 3.50 in the morning. So I know it's been a big priority for him and it's kind of rubbed off on me as well. But when you think about it, like we spend a quarter of our lives at least sleeping right. at a minimum. Right. Why, why isn't it more of an emphasis? Why don't we understand more, not only the importance of sleep, but how that impacts the rest of the day? Right. And certainly if you're not getting enough sleep, you might find yourself being 
crabby or irritable. And like you said, not your best self. You're probably not thinking as clearly as you could if you were getting consistent yeah. sleep. But the other thing to remember is, to um, you mentioned it earlier, taking care of your eating habits mm-hmm. and thinking about when we're in that whirlwind, it's easy to skip over a meal mm-hmm. or, or even to binge and eat way more than we really need to. Mm-hmm. And so paying attention to your eating habits and making sure you're having good nutrition in your diet can also help you manage change. Yeah. That's really good. And getting some movement in your day. Yes, yes, yes. I was talking a little bit earlier about a treadmill. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's such an essential component too, because not only can you manage some of your feelings while you're treading it out, but it does promote all of those healthy endorphins that help you to think clearly and have a positive mood. Um, So exercise is an essential part of self-care. And they're all, they all impact one another too. They're not like these islands, right? Because... What you eat if you're having caffeine late at night? Well, guess what? You're probably not going to sleep so good, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? There's... Even though that Starbucks might be really good at 9 p.m., right? right. Uh-huh. Get a decaf. Get at a 9 decaf. PM, uh-huh. Call it good. Get your you know extra shot in the morning, <laughs> right? The case maybe. But yeah, they do. They play into one another. When you exercise and you work your body. You sleep better at night. It's true. And it's, again, it's one of those things that can easily slide off the radar if you're busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I'm when I'm exercising, I'm more intentional to eat better. It's true. <laughs> they are connected, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Because you, yes, if you're working really hard at exercising, yeah. you want to maintain that health. Yeah. yeah. So let's not overcomplicate it. If you're going through a change, there's something in front of you. I mean, this is just good wisdom this is something your mama would tell you right like are you eating <laughs> yes. are you sleeping are you exercising all important things to embracing change in a healthy way I'm super excited today because we have Emily DeYoung in studio with us today and this is her second time with us in studio but it does not feel like that. It feels like we have been friends for years. Seriously, it feels like we're sisters. I know. Uh-huh. I love it. And I love all the wisdom that you bring with you, Emily. Emily's been a counselor for 28 years. She spent 18 of those years at Winning at Home. She loves working with kids, with teens and adults, but she's got this really special place in her heart for cross-cultural work. She loves counseling missionaries and their families and partnering with worldwide organizations to promote faith-based mental health. And today, Emily is talking with us about stepping into things that are new and doing that in a healthy way. There is a way, whether it's a change that you decided upon or a change that you really didn't have anything to do with, but here it is, there's a way to step into brand new things in a healthy way. Yes. And the verse that the Lord keeps laying on my heart this morning is the verse out of Isaiah that says, see, I am doing a new thing. Mm. Do you not perceive it? Yeah. And as we were talking about earlier, sometimes that um, change is something that we embrace and we're looking forward to. And other times we're a little bit more resistant to it. But one of the ways that we can embrace that change and allow the Lord to nudge us in that direction is, is by creating a self-talk in our minds that um, help us embrace that change. And so what's helpful for me oftentimes is looking back at other changes that have been experienced and and seeing and learning from those changes and in even creating self-talk around it. Um, like, wow, you know what? I did do something before that was hard 
and yet I was able to accomplish it. Okay, this, I just have to talk a little bit about the the concept of self-talk because self-talk in its definition, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding of it is just this, this constant internal dialogue that is happening. Yes. Now, I've been aware of the internal dialogue, but I got to tell you, I just recently, like five years ago, came awake to the idea that I could actually change Yes. That it wasn't just a message I had to hear and then learn to deal with, but that I could actually script the message. Right. And so many of us operate under the impression that our our internal dialogue is automatic and that we can't intervene. And yet, just as you said, we can intervene and we can change that self-talk into a positive direction. And often that comes through the nudging of the Lord. Yeah. I mean, uh, Timothy Keller talks about sometimes you have to tell yourself to to, to stop or to shut up. You yes. know, like stop the self-talk and talk back to it and tell exactly. it what's true. Exactly. So give me a, an example of what this would look like when it comes to embracing a change. Sure. So one of the things, as I mentioned, is to look back and recognize that I can do hard things. So that's a message that you can say over and over to yourself. Mm-hmm. I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. And then also looking forward and thinking again about um, a self-talk that would motivate you toward that change. And in a lot of those phrases can be individualized based on your own story mm-hmm. and what you've been through. One thing that works well for me is as I'm looking forward to say, Emily, I know that it's difficult for me to do something a first time. And so knowing that I can say, yes, the first time is always the hardest. But Emily, remember, God has something for you in this process and once you do it once, it will be easier the second time. Oh, that's so good. I, you know, I shared with you earlier that we just got through the one year anniversary of my father's going to heaven. And it's, mm. it is all those firsts Yes, are so hard. Like the first Christmas without dad, his first birthday mm-hmm. that we don't have him here to celebrate. You know, all those firsts are hard things. And I'm so much better the second time around when I kind of know what to expect a little right, bit more. Right. But recognizing, I mean, that's just so good to tell yourself that your own story of times in which you had a first time experience and you survived it. Maybe you even killed it. Right. Maybe it went great. <laughs> right. But just make a mental note of those so you can tell yourself that story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's good. I actually make notes to myself to my future self in my calendar. Oh, I love that. Tell us about that. Really? <laughs> it's not weird? No. I will make notes to myself. Like, for instance, I, yeah. Okay. I don't, I love to sing and I don't like singing in the choir. Mm. And I was a part of the worship team and I led worship for many, many years at our church. And I always felt like as a leader musically, it was my obligation to be a part of the choir. Mm-hmm. And I did not enjoy anything about the whole choir experience. Uh-huh. So I'd make notes to myself for October. Are you wincing over there, Scott? Uh, I'm wincing a little bit. You're talking to a choir I know, guy. I know that is your thing and you're so good at it, but it is not my thing. And I would write notes to myself for like, I'd put them in, let's say October of 2023. And it would be right there, like for the whole month. Hey, Shauna, you don't like singing in the choir. So when they start making the announcements about joining the choir, don't sign up. (laughs) You don't have to do this. You will regret it if you say yes. Uh So just kind of like mental notes 
yeah, for the future. But mm-hmm. it, I guess that's a form of self-talk in a way because I'm right. informing myself. Right. To coaching yourself about yeah. setting healthy boundaries. And that's maybe a future conversation yeah. that we can have on the show yeah. about uh, setting healthy boundaries. But yeah, I agree with you. Like just thinking ahead and and noticing those things about yourself, becoming self-aware to mm-hmm. those things that um, could trip you up potentially. That's good. Mm-hmm. And the self-talk too can even be scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the crucial things about self-talk is being able to compare what you're saying in your head against truth. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes if I look at God's word and I look at the word and say, wow, the things that I'm saying to myself in my head don't align with God's word. And the things that we say to ourselves in our head, they feel more true in our head than they do out loud. Oh, absolutely. I've been, you know, I've coached my kids on this, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're feeling something to say, I want you to say that out loud. Mm Mm-hmm. And hear what it sounds like. And when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, that's not true at all. Like that, right. nothing could be farther from the truth. But for some reason, there it, it feels like it carries more validity when it's kept inside. Exactly. Yes. So saying things out loud and even asking a close friend or a confidant about how does this sound to you? How does that mm-hmm. how does that hit you? Does it align with God's word? especially those messages about ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we have that self-talk about, I can't do this, or I'm just not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm I'm," any of those statements just do not align with what the scripture that God has for us. And this is way bigger than just like having a good attitude. It, 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 this is about embracing what is true. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Hey, you don't have to listen to that self-talk, especially if it's negative self-talk, tell it what's up. Be the boss. Be the boss of your self-talk. In Jesus' Uh name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.